1966 in a workshop at a Hanafuda car company in Japan. A maintenance engineer is there and his boss walks in. Now, this maintenance engineer from time to time, when he's not fixing on the car making machines, is in his shop tinkering around with the items that he has in there. So when his boss walks in and sees what he's been working on, indeed, this maintenance engineer probably thought he was in trouble. Probably thought he was about to get fired. Quite the contrary. The boss sees a gold mine to not only generate revenue, but to change the direction of the company. How did a maintenance engineer who was messing around in his free time in the shop and on the clock help to pivot a successful car company into one of the biggest video game behemoths in the world? They could easily be regarded as the goat of the industry. I'll explain in this newest edition of Startup Pivots. Startup Nation, welcome to Startup Pivots, the show where we highlight the pivotal moment in the biggest companies in the world that went from good to great. I'm your host, Dominic Lawson. We all know Nintendo for innovating and inspiring an era of mass-produced video games, such as Super Mario, Donkey Kong, and this host's favorite, The Legend of Zelda. But way before all of that, and I do mean before all of that, it started in feudal Japan in 1889. Startup Nation, during this time, playing cards from the West, which were wildly popular around the world, could not be imported into Japan. They were typically used for gambling, which was a big no-no in the country. In fact, it was such a big no-no, let's say you lost some money, some of your money gambling, you could actually sue the winner, and if you won in court, that person would have to pay you back. That's kind of crazy. But the reason I wanted to share that with you is to point out that even though it was against the law, there was still an appetite for it. So clearly, this is fertile ground for entrepreneur to come in and solve the problem. Enter Fusihiro Yamauchi, and he founded the company Nintendo. And in great entrepreneurship fashion, if it doesn't exist, you create your own. And that is exactly what he does. And he creates these Hanafuda cards. Now, Startup Nation, these cards are tiny. They're about two thirds smaller than the size of cards we are accustomed to. But it doesn't matter. These cards took off. And Yamauchi-san makes a lot of money and very successful. Even more so when gambling laws are laxed. Now let's fast forward here a little bit. Uh, right there. There we go. Now we're here to the 1950s. Here we see the third generation of the family, Hiroshi Yamauchi. And he takes over the family business at 22. Now this dude is one tough cookie probably quite hardened from the events of World War II. Anyways, my guy is so cutthroat that one of his first acts of running Nintendo is to fire all of his family members. You're fired! His reason? So there was no doubt that who was running the company. I mean, to be fair, he is 22, so people are probably going to question him quite a bit. Anyways, Hiroshi knows that the family has been doing really well with the playing cards, but he also knows he has to expand, get into a new market new products, or something. So, he flies to the States to see the operation of one of the largest card-making companies in the, at the time, the United States Playing Card Company. And to his surprise, it's a, a very meager operation. It's not what he expected. It was at that moment that he realized the playing card industry, while lucrative, still had a ceiling. So he thinks about what to do next. And then, he acts. 
Yamauchi-san boards a flight and heads to California. When he gets there, he books a meeting with one of the greatest companies in the world that's doing fairly well around this time for itself. Who am I talking about, Startup Nation? Think mouse ears. That's right. Yamauchi-san gets a meeting with the executives at Walt Disney and strikes a licensing deal. Nintendo goes on to make Disney-themed playing cards, board games, and even handheld devices. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Nintendo starts to rake in the dough, like it's sitting on a war chest of cash, at this point due in large part to the Disney deal. And it's doing so well that in 1962, Nintendo goes public. Startup Nation, let's pause here for a second, okay? Now, you would think this is the part of the story where Nintendo really took off, but not quite. One of the books we tell you to read all the time is Damon John's The Power of Broke. Essentially, it's about when you don't have any capital, you have to rely on your ideas, your hustle to survive and grow your company. Another lesson here relates to the saying we have here in Memphis, Tennessee. If you drink Kool-Aid, keep drinking Kool-Aid. Don't start buying champagne now. Essentially, Startup Nation, what that boils down to is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this is the period of Nintendo's story where, well, they're going to learn these both of these lessons the hard way. Let's check back in with Nintendo. So, flushed with cash, Nintendo started experimenting with other types of business models in Yamauchi-san's effort to set the company up to be around for a long time. So, he tried a few things. There's the Nintendo Taxi Cabs. Crash and burn. There was Nintendo Rice. That's yucky. Yeah, that went south real quick. There were Nintendo vacuum cleaners. Nope. Then there was, and I'm not making this up, Nintendo Love Hotels? Yeah, I'm not even going to use a clever metaphor here. I'm just going to tell you it didn't work. Now, there was hope with the Nintendo TV network. And let's just say that got canceled quicker than the Caveman show on ABC. My bad. Too soon. Now, while they were trying these new ventures, they were still making the Hanafuda cards, and the licensing deal with Disney was still going strong, but those experimental ventures were still a big negative for the company. Enter Gunpei Yokoi. Gunpei was a maintenance engineer that, that primarily worked on the machines that made the Hanafuda cards when they broke down. However, when he had free time, he would tinker around with the stuff in the workshop including this extending arm that he could use to reach things that were far away. Remember Hiroshi Yamauchi, the CEO of Nintendo at the time, right? So he's walking around the shop and he sees this extending hmm. arm and he sees a toy. He tells Gunpei to mass produce these immediately in time for the Christmas rush. The nice thing for Nintendo is that it already had the toy store pipeline in place. So sending these new products into that pipeline would be fairly easy. And Gunpei makes it more kid-friendly and calls it the Ultra Arm. In Startup Nation, it's wildly successful. Selling over 1 million units. And that Startup Nation is the pivotal moment in Nintendo's story. This is the fulcrum point that leads them to how we know Nintendo as the company is today. Gunpei soon gets a promotion and he is head of product development and tasked with making more toys to which he did. He creates more products from the 10 billion barrel puzzle 
the Ultra Machine, a baseball throwing machine, and the Love Tester, which was a toy to see if two people were romantically compatible. During this time, Hiroshi rebranded the company as the Nintendo Toy Company, doubling down on, you know, toys. Unbeknownst to Yamauchi-san, Gunpei had an electrical engineering background and loved the idea of electronic toys. That's going to be key. One of the toys Gunpei created was in collaboration with electronic company Sharp, was a toy gun that had a sight that would project light silhouette of ducks when you pointed it on the wall. You may have an idea of what this toy was called, but if you don't know, it was called Duck Hunt. Gunpei will go on to create the Game & Watch, a consumer handheld video game device with an LCD screen. He got the idea while on the train to work and seeing a fellow passenger play with a calculator. Later, he would go on to create his crowning achievement as far as I'm concerned, which is the Game Boy. But by this time, Nintendo is the absolute leader in the video game industry. They are riding high from the Famicom, which would come to be known as the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the blockbuster games of Donkey Kong, Super Mario, and, like I said, The Legend of Zelda, created by this host's personal hero, Shigeru Miyamoto. Now, I know that I didn't talk about the video game crash and all that other amazing stuff about Nintendo, but if you're interested in looking into that, I invite you to watch the documentary on Nintendo on the streaming service Crackle. Startup Nation, this host got his first Nintendo in 1989. My grandmother bought it for me when making good grades as a kid, and I've been hooked ever since. My kids love the Nintendo franchise, and we have all bonded over many nights playing Mario Party and Wii Sports. Nintendo has grown to be a stalwart in the video game industry, maybe not quite the industry leader as it once was due to the rise of Sony's PlayStation and Microsoft's Xbox, but with the market capitalization of $71.3 billion, it doesn't appear that Nintendo will be leaving us anytime soon. And that style animation is due in large part to electrical engineer who is messing around on the clock. That's going to do it for this edition of Startup Pivots. I guess the next time you see someone in your company maybe not doing what they're supposed to do, ask a few questions before you discipline them because you never know, they may just be holding the key to your company's success. If you want to let us know what you think about the show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on a show, send us a message. Our contact information is there in the show notes, or feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Go ahead and follow us while you're at it. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and be sure to hit us with that five-star rating we would really appreciate that be sure to check out the show's website and its startup blog where either i or some of the world's best business minds share content that will give you the edge you need in your journey whether that's the path of entrepreneurship or climbing the corporate ladder subscribe to our patreon to listen to ad-free episodes exclusive content and digital products that we are beginning to offer. And if you want to be part of the conversation, join the Startup Life podcast on Clubhouse to have the ability to talk directly to some of our guests. And as always, Startup Nation, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.